Welcome to Mental Wealth, the podcast to invest in your mind. Here I will help you make sense of your mind and behaviours, giving you the tools to have your best life. There is so much to share, so let's get into this episode and explore another great topic. So welcome to episode 26. And in this episode, we're going to really drill down on patience and how it can play out, how useful it is, but also the opposite to that. And with me to create this episode, I am delighted to say that I'm joined by a very special guest, Naomi Holbrook. So welcome to this episode. Thank you so much, Alison. Lovely to be here with you on your podcast. Brilliant. So tell everyone a little bit about who Naomi is first. Yep. So my name is Naomi Holbrook, as you just said. I am the Midlife Transformation Mentor. I'm a certified nutrition and weight management coach, uh, and I help women in midlife to revolutionize their health, happiness and hormones. Brilliant. So we've definitely got a good expert in the room. And before we started recording, we were just sharing that our own journeys are part of our work, aren't they? And I'm very keen to talk about that. And I know you've probably got some things we can share but I think if we keep in mind that situation that we all find ourselves in, especially today, you know, Amazon deliveries the next day, even 10 o'clock that night, instant, we want everything instant. And when we think about things like confidence and self-worth and self-belief, we cannot have that overnight, can we? No, absolutely not. And it has taken me the best part of nine years to figure out a lot of the answers behind why I never got to where I wanted to get to, why I wasn't able to free myself of depression earlier on, why I wasn't able to take control of my health. And you're right that, you know, in the society that we live in now, we expect everything at the push of a button. We, you know, can get whatever we want, whenever we want. And we want that instant gratification. And we're not really prepared and we don't really understand that actually there's a lot of work behind the scenes and it takes time to get to wherever it is that we're wanting to get to. It takes time to get to that goal. And and I think this well as time, we need to think about what we get along the way, don't we? Because there's so much. And I think that's where some people get a bit fatigued because they they it's not happening quick enough it's not coming it's not coming but actually sometimes in that moment there are other information the fact it doesn't come quickly we have to learn about resilience about patience which is our main theme for today and i think it's so important isn't it for us just to be able to think about what that might look like and how yeah. do we manage when we want it today so tell everyone a little bit more about your experience you've hinted that you took some time and me too it took me years to get to where I am today absolutely and and I just want to quickly sort of hone back in on what you said there because that is just so important and I didn't I didn't realize that part until the last couple of years that everything I did was sort of goal orientated and I didn't focus on the process and the journey. It was always about the outcome. So if I didn't get to the outcome and the goal quick enough, I felt like I'd failed. But actually, this last couple of years, learning resilience, learning patience, all those different things, you actually learn so much more about yourself in the process. But also, you you know, you learn other tools and other strategies. Maybe they're not the ones that you thought you were going to learn. Maybe they're not the ones that you, you know, necessarily set out to 
But if you are so tunnel vision on that one goal and that one outcome, you don't learn all the other things along the way. I love that. Um, I love the fact you've highlighted that again. I think it's important for us to say that. Yeah, a perfect example. This year I failed at a huge goal that I had set, and that was to climb Mont Blanc um, at the end of August. I uh, trained for sort of seven, eight months with a team. We went out there and we didn't manage to summit. And it was really quite ironic. I phoned my dad when we got back down that, that day and I said, listen, I just need to let you know we didn't make it. And it was so interesting, the first words that came out of his mouth. What a waste of nine months of my training and the first I got a little out out yeah (laughs) and the first thing I said was not at all nothing has been a waste I have learned more about myself in this process in this nine months I have grown grown in confidence grown in belief grown in every single area I've probably got more from the knockbacks in the journey than I would have done from the final summit. So it just goes to show that we, uh, you know, we still are a lot in that mindset of if you don't achieve a goal, you failed. And what a waste of your time to, you know, to go through that process. But for me, it was the, the, the greatest learning, like you say, of resilience, of patience, of confidence, of belief, of all those different things. I love that. And well done for even tackling something like that. I mean, I think that sort of, challenge is something to be honoured in its space. So for me, it isn't like you say, always about the end goal. It's about what happened for you to get there. It's interesting that you say that, Naomi, because uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm interviewing uh, an amazing young person called Mel Kelly. And she and I did the Yorkshire Three Peaks. And we talked about the, the whole process of actually going and doing something like that. So for me, well done for even putting yourself in that place in the first place. As you say, you gained anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so tell everyone a little bit more about what you've learned or however you want to share this bit of your story. So I I suppose, you know, a bit like we were chatting before, it makes sense to, you know, give a little bit of understanding and background behind the transformation that I've gone through. Um, You know, as as a young girl, I battled with poor body image. I struggled with my mental health, didn't realize it back then because, you know, in the in the 80s, that wasn't talked about. But I really struggled at school. I had a lot of, you know, kind of childhood illness, asthma, all those different things that meant I had lots of periods of time off of school, which I really struggled then with catching up with, you know, low self-confidence. And sadly, my mum became chronically ill when I was only 12, um, a dreadful, dreadful seven-year illness and passed away uh, when I was a teenager. It had a profound effect on me, um, my mental health, but also my physical health. I, you know, turned to comfort of food and alcohol from a, you know, teenager through my 20s, my 30s, and threw myself into a 21-year career at the age of 19. And at 39, I was clinically obese. I was pre-diabetic. I had the worst depression, anxiety. On the outside, I was this confident woman because I put on this daily mask and, you know, kind of acted that everything was absolutely great. But inside, I was in constant turmoil, just 
you know, negative thoughts, conversations with myself, really, you know, harsh conversations. And at 39, literally four days after I turned 39, I was like, I just don't want to be like this at 40. I want to change. I want to do things differently. So my transformation started off as a physical one. I thought, you know, I need to lose weight. And when I lose weight, I'll be happy and I'll get rid of depression and everything will be perfect in my life. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, my 40th year, I was a size 10 and I'd lost all this, you know, four and a half stone of weight. And I was my fittest, my healthiest, but my mental health was still dreadful and my mindset was still dreadful. And I couldn't figure out why. Why am I not happy? I'm you know, I'm, I've lost all this weight. I'm kind of where I plan to be. And there we go, talking about the goal oh. of getting there. And um, and then four years ago, I guess I started my inner transformation. I started to work on my mindset. I started to work on my beliefs. I started to work on old behaviors, on trauma, on all the things that had kept me in this place of being this woman with low self-confidence and lacking belief in herself. And, you know, even the very fact that I signed up to do this huge, you know, this huge goal this year of climbing Mont Blanc, I wouldn't have even dreamt of it four years ago, three years ago, two years ago. So I guess the transformation became in the end, a holistic transformation. I thought it was all about the external transformation, the losing weight. But then what I realized it was actually I needed to work on my mental, my physical, my emotional and my spiritual well-being. And that's, you know, that's why I created my unique smart formula that I now use with my clients inside my transformation programs to help to work on all those different aspects to thrive in midlife, to have, you know, optimal physical, mental, emotional and spiritual well-being. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing so much of that, because I think just people hearing others talk about their challenges is so important, isn't it? And one of the biggest reasons for me creating this podcast is so that we don't feel as alone when we're listening in. But I think something else that really stands out for me when you describe the need, and it is a need for us to look at all aspects of mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, as you say, absolutely 100% do we then need to roll in the patience because we are going to need to work out lots of the hows and I often talk about it being like a jigsaw and there's lots and lots and lots of pieces of the jigsaw. And how do we do a jigsaw? We can only do it one piece at a time. So being able to keep our mind on that, how do we do patience? What might that look like for each person listening in today? Because it might be different. But what is it that either gets in the way of patience? Is it the mind? Is it the results aren't there? What might it be? And I think just listening to us talking today, hopefully we'll just help people see that they've got to keep going, <clears throat> but the skill is to find which way to go, isn't it? And be patient. And I think something else that we, I think we should touch on, Naomi, is that when you do have a little setback, only see it as a setback or is it a learn? Is there something great? And what, what would you say for that? 
Oh, absolutely. You're you're speaking my language. <laughs> First of all, one thing I always say to ladies in midlife is, do you feel like you've dropped the jigsaw puzzle and you've lost the box with the picture? And they're like, oh my gosh, yes, that's it. So it is that feeling, like you say, of you've got to put the pieces back together one by one, but you've also got to know, like at least you've got to know the kind of the main key four corners first before you can put those other pieces back in. And I think absolutely, like you just said there, learning that resilience and patience along the way. And what I would say is it's a it's it's not easy to get into this mindset because as you know, most you know, most of us are in a fixed mindset unless we have the tools and the strategies to grow ourselves into that growth mindset. And I realize now that I was a hundred percent in a fixed mindset, which is why I gave up every time I failed, why I told myself I tried everything. I always say to my clients, embrace the process, embrace the messiness, embrace the hiccups, the challenges, the obstacles, because they are all a part of the lesson. And you can't see it at the time and you do get frustrated. But when you get to the other side or you get through it, you kind of look back and go, ah, that's what it was telling me. That's what the lesson was. I can do that easily now when something doesn't go to plan or, um, you know, or a challenge comes up. I can really easily now kind of just ride through it and know that, you know, it's meant to be and that's what's going to happen without it sounding kind of all (laughs) woo-woo. But that's really difficult when you're in a fixed mindset. So I think what I, what, you know, what advice I'd give to your listeners is, Almost think of it like the roller coaster. Hold tight when you get to those moments because then you're going to get this incredible view. You're going to get to the top of the roller coaster, but you've got to be prepared for those ups and downs. There is no goal that you will achieve that's achieved through a linear process. It's all going to be ups and downs. And and part of climbing a mountain this year, when everybody said to me, why on earth have you set that as a goal? I was like, because life is full of mountains, We have to climb, you know, and literally clamber our way up in life sometimes. But if you do push yourself through, you get this incredible view at the top and you get to feel this intense, you know, this intense sense of pride and and all those other things. So I think my biggest thing is embrace it, embrace Mm -hmm. the messiness of going after your goals. But I think especially for women, I know that this does does apply to men because I've had men reach out to me and tell me this as well. But I think we are striving for this perfectionism that doesn't exist. And so when we're not perfect, we fail. And I always say to my clients, it's a bit like having a puncture and then going around and slashing the other three tires. Just fix the puncture and get back on the road and stop derailing your, you know, stop self-sabotaging all the results when you could just have had a minor blip and got back on and got back on towards the journey. I love that. I think it's so important, isn't it? Like you said before, we need the bigger goal, but then in in between, we need these teeny tiny things and they're celebratory. We can celebrate each one of those little teeny tiny things. And I think as well, it's really important for you to have highlighted this, you know, that it isn't going to be straightforward. Life isn't it it shouldn't be and i and i use the word should rarely because obviously should is often one of our challenges but actually it shouldn't be easy it should be a bit difficult you know if you are very comfortable 
then you're not pushing yourself in any space. You're allowed to have comfortable times, but what's next? And I think running parallel feels to me like we just need to be having that patience. And what might that look like? Is that self-care? Is that gentleness? Is that, what is it? What else is your patience? What other kind of things do you hear people saying? Or do you yourself, would you put in into the patience department? For me, self-compassion I, we are so quick to berate ourselves, to have such, you know, horrible conversations with ourselves. And I always say with my clients, you know, speak to yourself like you would your eight-year-old self or speak to yourself like you would your best friend. Would you ever say to your best friend, well, you failed, so give up, don't, you know, forget it. I said, no, you'd encourage them, you'd support them, you'd do all those different things. So I think self-compassion is a huge one for me. It's, you know, and it's a learned behavior. I wasn't self-compassionate towards myself, but that's something I've learned to do over the last few years more and more. Um, And I think self-awareness, if you cannot be aware of your behaviours, your self-talk, of your own misgivings, because we all have them, you know, I have plenty of them, but I'm aware of them now. So I can almost navigate myself around the different sort of obstacles and challenges. And, you know, I, I, I look back now, I mean, I've had coaches and mentors in my life now since 2019, so four years. And that is where For me, I think I'll always have coaches and mentors because I know that we do still fall. We do still stumble. We do still occasionally have those mind monkeys that try to derail us. But if you've got somebody else who can kind of help you and keep you accountable in those moments and question your thought process, it can make all the difference between you achieving your goals and maybe failing and quitting and giving up on them. I think that's really important to highlight. I think something that springs to my mind again when we think about patience and what that might look like for you, it's self-compassion, self-awareness. I couldn't agree more. And something that you said that I kind of feel like it is a tool that we often misuse or um, dis- uh, don't use enough. There's another word, but I've lost it. Don't use enough, we'll be fine. Is uh humor taking ourselves so desperately seriously you know you sort of said it well I've got my misgivings and then you had a little chuckle and actually sometimes like you say talking to a mentor a coach your best friend who might just draw out some of that for me being able to have a bit more of a a giggle about something that hasn't worked out or something that you know is a really strong robust pattern inside you but if you can be like oh gosh, it's that again. I've done it again. I think that in itself creates patience, which then creates a better outcome, doesn't it? Yeah, you're so right. And I look back and I took myself and took life so seriously. I, you know, everything I did was kind of military operation. Everything was always structured and all of that. And I look back now and think, oh my gosh, I was making life harder for myself in every aspect. And, you know, I'm in this phase of midlife. I'm in, you know, the season of menopause. I'm also now going through that, you know, kind of parenting the parent. I have a 90 year old father who I've just relocated 300 miles away to live literally three roads from me to make things easier for him at this this stage of life. And this could actually be the most serious and 
tough and hardest part of my life. But we're kind of just going through it, A, with some humor, B, with some compassion, but also just what is there to learn here? This is like, you know, embracing what's an incredible experience, but it does depend on your outlook. If you are always seeing everything as, you know, an obstacle, a a dead end, whatever it might be, then all those things that then you won't have the patience to kind of navigate it in that way. But if you learn that patience, if you learn that self-compassion, like you say, that humor, it just makes everything a more pleasurable experience. And that, you know, life is meant to, as you said, it should be challenging. It should have all these ups and downs. It should be, you know, black and white one day and bright colors the next. That's the whole point. And I, I now ride all those different waves and just, you know, even on the days where things haven't gone to plan, it's fine. Tomorrow will be different. Tomorrow will be colourful and rainbows and everything else. But I think that's the problem, isn't it? So many people get caught in that spiral of it hasn't worked out. I'm not good enough. You might pick up all the other old stuff that's outdated. We don't need it anymore, but it still comes back. Because it's still in there. You know, that's the way the brain works. It's an association making machine, isn't it? So we were always looking for that. Well, oh, yeah, well, it's that, isn't it? Well, it's because of that. And there's all them horrible old stories that come out. But I think just being able to go with the flow, you know, I know it's not as easy as just doing that. But I, I love that idea of just being like, OK, what have I learned? What can I do differently next time? But not to see it as a stop sign, just see it as a bit of a speed bump to slow us down, maybe to bring in the patience, maybe to pause. Because I think that's the thing that else brings to my mind is we're often so desperately not wanting to feel that horrible feeling, whatever feeling it is, whether it's sadness, whether it's anger, whether it's jealousy, or whatever it is, we don't want it, do we? we? We spend all this time trying to stop ourselves feeling these feelings. Actually, they're normal. But in that trying to not do it, I think we make ourselves more and more miserable, don't we? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it's only been these last few years that I realised that what I was trying to do or was doing for 25, 30 years was numbing all those emotions, not feeling them. When I felt sad, you know, have alcohol. When I felt depressed, have more sort of, you know, food that doesn't do me any good at all. And something I talk so much to my clients about is feel the emotions. It's okay to feel sad one day. It's okay to feel a little bit low. It's okay to feel all those things. It's natural to feel them, not to suppress them and numb them and hide them. It's it's why so many of us choose so many different, um, you know, different outlets to stop us from feeling those emotions. But they're there for a reason. They really are. And they are there when people say, how do I get more confident? How do I have more self-worth? How do I get better? Whatever, whatever it is you're aiming for. And actually, people are thinking they're looking for something, but actually, it's already here. It's just we've got all this other stuff sat on the top, whether that's impatience, whether that's lack of compassion, whether that's no serious, being very serious. It's here, isn't it? It actually is here. And yes, we learn to grow and build on that. But I think that's the thing that it feels to me like there's lots of people out there who are looking for something as if it's going to come. And actually, what we're saying is sit with some difficult stuff because in there 
it's going to come. It's going to come from inside out. And it's so interesting you say that because I did a little bit of a, a looking back today. I was uh, I'm, I'm going on Instagram live tomorrow with a wonderful lady I met in Norway last year who's also a coach. And I said to her, do you know what? I haven't done an Instagram live in so long. And I looked back on my feed and it's two years ago. And it was September 2021 that I went on Instagram live for the first time. I wasn't confident. It wasn't perfect. And I set myself a challenge and I went live Monday to Friday every day for the whole month. And I remember people saying to me, I wish I had your confidence. And people say it to me all the time now. If I had your confidence, I would X, Y, Z. And I say to them, I didn't have confidence. It didn't come along on a bus and, you know, and kind of get off and come to me. The only way you get it is by creating it. You've got to step into, like you say, all those uncomfortable moments, all those times and things that you fear, you've got to step into them and your reward is the confidence. (laughs) And each time you do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, it just grows. But if you're never prepared to get uncomfortable, which unfortunately I think is something that so many of us aren't prepared to do. And I know I wasn't, you know, if I, if I was cold, I'd put the heating on. If I was too hot, I'd put the air conditioning on. If I was a little bit hungry, I just buy myself snacks. You know, I cold water swim throughout the whole of the, you know, the whole of the winter now. And some people say, why do you do it? Do you enjoy it? I don't enjoy it all the time. I do it because I choose the uncomfortable things now and it makes everything else in life a little bit easier. Mm, It's really important, isn't it? Something that strikes me there is making sure that individually for everyone that's listening in to this episode is whatever confidence you are looking for is your kind of confidence. So I think something else that happens is we compare. So some people might see you and and me as well. They think, you know, I'm up on a stage quite often. I'm this massively confident person and I can't be that. But but you're not going to be that because that's not you. That's not necessarily where you want to go. So I think when we're talking about how does it resonate, what's really key is to make sure that whatever it is for you, your success, your confidence, that's what you want to be aiming for not worrying about what everyone else is doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, that was a huge thing for me. I compared myself throughout school, throughout college, throughout my career, and, you know, and in friendship groups and everything, always comparing myself, always feeling like I was, you know, that, that terminology, I was behind, I wasn't kind of where I should be. And over the last few years, again, I've let go of that thought process of, you know, I'm not where I should be, or I should be further forward, or they're doing this, or I'm doing that, and just embracing my journey and just seeing that everything that I'm doing, as long as I am improving on where I was last week, last month, last year. And like you say, that confidence is so different to everybody. It can be the smallest, smallest thing. And for me, it was, you know, two years ago, it was going on and doing an Instagram live. Now I don't even think twice about, you know, going on live or talking to an audience or any of those things. But two years ago, that was a huge thing for me. And I think that's the other important thing is that start small, but start somewhere. 
And then it just snowballs. When you create that first bit of confidence, I always describe it to my clients as kind of almost like belief stacking. Once you've got a little bit of belief in yourself, you go on and you do the next thing and you get the next bit of belief and the next bit of belief. And before you know it, you've created this belief, you've created this confidence, this courage, and you're more inclined to step out of your comfort zone more and more and more. Actually, for me, it becomes so addictive. (laughs) I now just feel like I I just don't want to be in a comfort zone anymore. I'm like, what's next? What's next? Where can I grow a bit more? What, what, What challenge can I put myself through? Because, you know, the more you believe in yourself, the more belief you have to do other things. Yeah. And I think that's it, isn't it? Like you say, it using the word addictive, but in a positive way, it it becomes something that you it becomes part of who you are, doesn't it? That you are somebody who doesn't necessarily stay small or stay, stay easy. You start to think about what might be your next. And and for everyone listening, whatever your next is, is absolutely perfect for you. Your next needs to still come with some patience. And what we're saying there is that means be self-compassionate, be able to take that little bit of time to think about your awareness, be aware of what's happening, and then bring in a bit of bit of fun. Let's stop being so serious as adults. And, and all of that will start to create that the movement, if we like, the 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 little shifts that we're looking for. And and the other thing that I always say, which often gets missed, is whatever your little shift is, celebrate. Yeah. Celebrate the celebrate the small wins because they make all the difference along the way. And I think something that you said at the beginning, which I think is really important, is when we yes, we can have some big goals, no problem. But obviously, if you're only focused on that, what another trap I see is that people then don't reward themselves for any of the effort getting there. And then if they don't actually get there, wherever there is, then they're just down on themselves and it just feels they just feel very stuck. Yeah, absolutely. And then also when they fail at one goal, they have this belief system that they'll fail at everything that they try and do. So actually they stop trying at all, which is you know, just so sad not to then go on and achieve what it is that they really, really want to achieve. And I think what I often observe with people, I mean, I've been in this space for nearly 30 years now, people who aren't doing that, so they're staying safe because they don't want to put themselves uncomfortable, but actually some of their sadness is coming from the fact that they're not actually reaching anything like their potential. So it's not even the fact that they... So it's not even about the pushing. It's actually about the not doing, isn't it? The the staying safe actually becomes the problem. Yeah, absolutely. And their sadness and their frustration and their even their anxiety, depression can come from the fact that they're not doing. You know, I know people who've found something, whatever their thing is. It might be dancing or singing or anything, climbing Mont Blanc, whatever you fancy. And and in that, they found so much more because they have pushed themselves. And I think that has to be a reminder, doesn't it, about how we get this thing called confidence. We've got to start in little ways. It doesn't just come on a bus. Absolutely. And it is so worthwhile. I was only, you know, sitting down and, and doing a bit of reflection myself yesterday and just thinking, The journey is, you know, and I know some people say, oh, the journey, the journey, but the journey to getting to where you want to get to, the learning, the self-discovery, the self-development, the self-growth, it is 
full of rewards along the way, as long as you're open to seeing them and learning from them and you know, taking them that they are part of the journey. They're not the knockback. They're not, you know, you being unlucky. You know, that's another word that I hear so often when people say to me, you're so lucky to live by the sea. You're so lucky to do what you love. You're so lucky to have the relationship you have with your dad. And behind the scenes, it's been a complete and utter mess for, you know, the best part of nine years to get to create the life, the relationships, the business, all those things that I've wanted to and and not just dreamt about them, but decided to actually create them. But I think so often and, and, you know, again, maybe a lot of this comes down to the world of social media. We see the after picture. We see the before and the after. We don't see the nine years. You know, what, what do they say that you've you've entered me at chapter nine? You didn't see me at chapter one. Yeah, yeah. And people just assume that that overnight, that overnight success story, nobody wants to see the grit and the determination and the knockbacks and the it's why on social media I'm you know I really do share the behind the scenes of my journey because I want people to realize that it's not easy it doesn't have to be difficult it can be fairly simple if you've got the right tools and the right strategies but it also is a real mix of emotions and you've got to embrace that the messiness the chaos the knockbacks all those different sides of it but when you get to that peak that summit and you look down and you look at what you've achieved and what you've put yourself through there is no greater sense of pride i love that and i think it's so important isn't it you're you're sharing with us that you're digging deep your everything that you did to get here which again i talk a lot about you know i didn't arrive here either like this it was a very bumpy ride lots of tears lots of discomfort lots of situations that I was putting myself in that were wrong for me all the while trying to feel okay feel okay and you know everything that you do even if it's things that haven't worked out uh, you did them at the time because you a you thought they were the right thing and b maybe it's just that you learned something new while you were there and I think that's the that's the way to see it, isn't it? I often use the metaphor about sailing. You know, if you go out on a mill pond in a sailing boat, would you learn how to sail? Not really. But if you go out and it's a bit windy, it's a bit choppy, oh boy, you'll learn how to sail there. You'll learn the hard way. You'll probably capsize, but you will learn how to navigate. And I think life is very much like that. Totally. Yeah. Brilliant. Always, always stormy seas. <laughs> always, always. But as long as we've got a nice big, big P on our sail with patience written on it, then I think uh, we can probably go much further. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Oh, thank you so much for coming and creating this episode with me, Naomi. It's been absolutely brilliant. And I feel sure we can have lots of other conversations into the future. I'm sure we can. Thanks so much for having me, Alison. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Okay, so in next week's episode, we have got Kirsty Knight. And Kirsty and I are going to talk about the work-life balance. So hope you can join me then. Thank you for listening and sharing in this episode of Mental Wealth. Remember, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. My last question to you is what is the one small thing that you can take action on from this episode. Message me on Instagram or through our website with questions you'd like me to explore. 
you'll find the links in the show notes. I'll be back with more tools and tips to make sense of your mind in the next episode. In the meantime, be kind to yourself. Bye for now. Oh, 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 oh,